morning. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy year. It's been playing crazy. I'm sure you've noticed the tent that's on the ground out front uh, blew down with the storm, actually blew up, dragging all the weights and all the posts and all the stakes and everything with it, snapping some of the posts and landing on top of the bush out here. Jody and I and, and Brian came out uh, right in the middle of the storm, picked it up off the bush, put it out on the lawn out here so that it wouldn't blow away anymore. And while we were doing that, we heard a tree falling across Allen Street. It came down, landed on the wires, and blew up. I mean, literally blew up the electricity just like a big fireworks display. And so as we were kind of trying to uh, digest this all, all this information, about two minutes later, the transformer blew up. Boom! And I guess it took all the power and all the internet away from here for a while because I kept getting notices that the power would be turned on in the church soon, and then I got another notice saying that the internet was down and they were working on it as fast as they can. Um, I noticed the trucks were out front uh, last night, the Eversource truck, so they finally got the tree off the wires and the wires put up, but I'm sure Comcast has just not had uh, enough time to get out there and, and fix the internet yet. So some of you are going to be seeing this on a delayed basis. Uh, um, it'll be about uh, three or four hours from now when you finally get it available to you. But it is, has been one crazy week. And I want to tell you something. We are living in one of the most dangerous times ever. Now, when I say that, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Was it something political? Was it Donald Trump? Was it Joe Biden? Was it COVID-19? Perhaps you thought about some of the protests that were getting violent and out of hand. Perhaps you thought about China and the deteriorating relationship with our two countries. Maybe you thought about illegal immigration. Or perhaps you were thinking about police brutality. This has certainly been a tumultuous year up until this point. And there are certainly any number of things that you could possibly construe as the reason for my statement that we are living in one of the most dangerous times ever. However, I'm going to tell you that any of those things cannot hold a candle to what I'm talking about when I say we are living in one of the most dangerous times ever. Last week, Jody preached about trials and tribulations and trusting God. He even talked about finding joy in our trials and tribulations. He reminded us about Romans 8.28. He called this one of the most comforting scriptures in all of scripture. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We know that God is in control. We know that there is not an issue that God cannot turn to his purpose. That being said, what could possibly prompt me to make such a bold statement? What could possibly be so fearful that it would be one of the most dangerous times ever? For the past five months, we've been living pretty much in seclusion. We've been trying to make church work from afar. We've done our best to find ways to keep in touch and to gather together virtually. 
The elders have been calling people, and we've been trying to pray for one another. But five months is a long time, and virtual isn't real. Now we're gathering in person, but social distancing and the necessity of masks makes the whole experience flat. We have to make appointments to attend service. It's all just unnatural, unsatisfying. Right from the beginning, God has told us that we need people. We need each other. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. We are not meant to isolate. We are meant for each other. We are meant for community. Not only are we meant for community, we are meant for loving, close proximity community. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13, as he tells them, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. And again, when he greets the church in Rome, in his letter in Romans 16, 1 through 16, he sends greetings to many people by name and tells them to greet each other and others and ends his greeting in verse 16 by saying, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the, church, all, the, all the churches of Christ greet you. Again, he tells them to greet each other with a holy kiss. This is not some ancient term or some double meaning. It's not a parable. He's talking about a real kiss. Not a sexual kiss, but a holy kiss. An intimate greeting with a kiss of brotherly Sisterly love, intimate, personal, real fellowship. Today, in our tradition, we might use a handshake or a hug, but in many countries, people still greet each other with a kiss on one or both cheeks. Again, personal, intimate fellowship. During this time, it's not natural. This is not who we are created to be. We are created to help each other and hold each other up. We need each other. We need to be in close fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 tells us, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are made to be in close, intimate, personal fellowship. We need to be stirring each other up to love and good works. What happens when we're not in close fellowship? When we can't be in intimate contact with each other, what happens? Well, like sheep, we start to wander off. We stop for a bit because we see something shiny. I don't know. We wander from the flock. 
We feed in another field for a bit until we look up and we're alone. We are lost. We can't find the flock. Jesus talked about the parable of the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. The sheep need to be together. The shepherd can go and look for the lost sheep and leave the ninety-nine because he knows they are together. They are not lost. They are safe together. The one is not safe. So the shepherd goes after him. Well, what happens when two of the sheep wander off? What happens when more wander off? What happens if half wander off or maybe all wander off? Listen to me very carefully. We are living in one of the most dangerous times ever. Our community is fractured. Even when we are together, we have lost our intimacy. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan is on the hunt. What a glorious time for the beast. We are separated, away from the flock. We are wandering, following our desires. That's when we catch the devil's eye. We maybe skip one online service this week. Eh, Perhaps the Bible study isn't so important this week. Hey, Zoom sucks. I hate being on the computer. I can't take another Zoom meeting. I'm good. I pray. Sometimes. It's not like I can't find Jesus when I need him. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You need to be in the middle of the flock. You need to be where it is safe. You need intimacy within the body of Christ. If you're like me, you watch the numbers. During the live broadcast of the service, you look up there in the right-hand corner. That's how many are watching. If you look, you may have seen the number is decreasing. Now, there's probably many reasons for that. Some are now watching on YouTube. Some are actually coming to church. But the numbers are down. How many are showing up at the dreaded Zoom meetings? Who is keeping in contact? The numbers are decreasing, not quickly, but gradually and steadily. We are all tired, tired of Zoom meetings, tired of social distancing, tired of masks, 
tired of being told that we have to fear our brothers and our sisters. Remember, as Jody told us last week, this is not God's punishment. It is a tribulation. It is a detour. It is nothing to our almighty sovereign God. The problem is, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is an extremely dangerous time. We lose our way. Many are separated from the flock. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to, to devour. Verse 5 through 7 of today's scripture tells us to examine yourselves, to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may have seemed to fail. Paul is telling us to question whether we are standing in the faith, to understand that Jesus is in us if we are in the faith, to do the things that we need to do, to stay in the faith, he tells us to do this in loving community with each other. Then he goes on to say, we greet each other with a holy kiss. To be intimate, family, relationship. Paul knows it's hard. He knows it's harder without community. Listen, I know it's hard. I know that Zoom sucks. I know that it's difficult, but we must be very careful. We must, we must be aware that the devil is playing for keeps. We must be aware that we have to work extra hard to be in community right now. We have to do things that are not natural for us so that we can be around the people that we need to be around to stay on course. We cannot give each other a holy kiss at this time. We cannot shake hands. We cannot hug or speak together without a mask. We cannot meet the way we like. We are on our own in our own thoughts, our own desires, and our own wishes. And we all know how well that works out. We can't make the devil's job easy for him. It is easy enough to be, attempted, to be tempted to stray. When we are alone, the devil wins every time. When fellowship is broken, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. This is not a parable. This is real. It's scary. It's unthinkable. It's a very dangerous time. Pick up the phone. Call another member. 
Get together however you can, no matter what it takes. Read the Bible. Find a way to gather and read it together, even if it's on the dreaded Zoom. Go the extra step to be with your brothers and sisters. Stay in active participation in the body of Christ. There are ways to meet safely. There are ways to stay in contact. There are ways to love each other. It just takes a little more work than it used to. Do not wander. Do not become a victim of the devil. Continue to meet virtually, if not in person. Do not tire of being together, no matter what it takes. Continually test yourself to make sure that you are in the faith. And remember that Jesus is in you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. At the end of 1 Peter 5, after Peter, Peter admonishes to be sober and watchful for the adversary who goes around like a lion seeking to devour, he ends in verse 14 with this. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Take heart. The new normal will not ever be normal. There will come a day very soon when we will be able to greet each other with the holy kiss. When we will be back in intimate relationship with each other as well as with Christ. When we will be truly together and the flock will be reunited. And as the parable says, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost, and we will rejoice, and we will worship, and we will give each other the holy kiss. Until then, be sober-minded and watchful for the adversary who goes around like a lion seeking someone to devour. Amen. Woo!